You are listening to the Savage Fincast, episode 13, The Big Reveal. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. And we're back to the Savage Fincast. Second year. Episode 13. We're going uh, Back for the new year, I'm Jim Purcell. I'm Craig Olson. Raven Perez, as always. And later on, you'll hear from Adam, our good friend, but he won't be here till later. We're going to be uh, doing things a little bit different this episode, just to you know shake things up. We're going to go straight into Eric Larson news, because that is what you're here for. We'll save the jibba-jabba for later. Uh, the first item of news, uh, Eric posted the cover to Savage Dragon 186 recently. Uh, he just posted the cover uh, to 186 on his Facebook. Uh, it shows Malcolm fighting villains while Angel seemingly is saying goodbye. Tears uh, coming down my face is what, it should, what, it, what the cover should be. That's <laughs> tears streaming down Jim's face, definitely, as uh, the book loses 50% of its interest for him. But... Uh, <laughs> If, if you know, uh, what was cool about it is they even had the uh, structure, the, the attempt, right next to it. And it looks like a, originally it was going to have a word balloon on the cover where uh, Angel was, I think, even saying, well, this is goodbye or something along those lines. Is that because uh, Eric posted uh, like a the rough of his first version of the cover? or Right, yeah, he, he put them up simultaneously. So it's kind of like definitely from the rough, too. Uh, you know, he was originally going to have the dialogue right on the cover that Angel's, you know, this is her intended exit. Uh, European walkabout looming on the forecast. So <laughs> if you're a listener, you know, the last episode, Eric had said that he was going to have her travel abroad and uh, she'd get reduced FaceTime. Jim would have reduced interest. Uh, so that's kind of the wheels are turning. That's what's happening. Cool. I've, sur- I've survived the book being Angel Light before. I'll survive again. <laughs> the next uh, piece of news uh, is that the final two issues of Eric's uh, Supreme Run have apparently been completed and given a release date. So on November 5th, uh, Corey Hampshire, who you know as the artist uh, doing the, you know, the finished pencils and inks on uh, Supreme, announced on Facebook that the art chores on issue 67 are completed. Um, and then, as you might remember, we talked last episode, but Eric was, I think we, we said that last episode, we might not have, but Eric's taking over the art chores for 68, which will be the last issue of his run. And uh, he, on November 27th, also announced that he was done with that issue. Um, and later on, he announced, uh, that Supreme 67 would go on sale December 19th, and Supreme 68 would go on sale January 2nd. So it was only like a couple weeks between the two issues, which 
have been really late. I don't. I think the last issue came out in August, so it's good that they're pumping them out. Sad yeah. that 68 will be the last issue, but it will give More us tears. yeah More it, tears. It will give us a lot <laughs> to talk about um, and, over the next couple months. Yeah, yeah, it should be fun. I can't wait. Then what will we have to talk about? It's bittersweet. Another slight bit of news. Um, <laughs> Eric on his Facebook and on his forum has opened up discussion about what we as fans would like to see in Savage Dragon issue 200. It's still a ways off, but he needs to start think. Apparently, needs to start thinking about what it's going to be. Not necessarily what it's going to be about, but what what we would like to see. Um, to say there have been some interesting suggestions has is a bit of an understatement. <laughs> apparently, Jimbo the Mighty Lobster is still a fan favorite. But um, as we all know, as fans, he will never return for reasons. Not for well, seventy years. Own, yeah, Eric doesn't own the character. Is basically the bottom line on that one. But it's just kind of funny how I I, I can only imagine these people are the sorts that stopped reading at like issue twenty five or something. Yeah. You're talking about the people on his Facebook page that have posted largely on the Facebook. Forum people are generally more informed. Yeah, the Facebook suggestions have been – it's like people just want to be part of something special. <laughs> like they saw that issue 200 and they're like, oh, I got an idea. So give us some of the ideas that you've seen because I haven't really read too much about the Facebook. Like where they're just really off the wall. I'm booting it up right now, but at one point – Eric even says it's obvious some of you haven't been reading in a long time. <laughs> like I think one guy he said that well one person at least one person said Dragon should stop aging. And Eric basically <laughs> said, "Yeah, that's not happening." <laughs> Cuz the book's said in real time and it's always going to be that way. And the right. guy the guy I think the guy was all like, uh, "You should let the character last live forever so that future generations can enjoy him." And he goes, "No. No, not no." Oh, gosh. Let's see. 200th issue, 200 pages. I know that that one might have seemed like a joke, but you know what? I would like that. <laughs> yeah. 200 is, pages. Not, is to, it, uh, not to put too fine a point on it, but we barely get Dragon Monthly with 20 pages, so... I would rather have 10 20-page Dragon issues than a 200. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> People are insane. Whatever. Well, of course, the question is, will it be as chock full of guest uh, artists like uh, issue 100 was? Because going back to that one, that, 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 that book was full of all kinds of stuff. It's a really good issue in general, Savage Dragon 100. So oh, if, yeah. if 200, 200 has got to be at least twice as good as that, <laughs> but I'll take about as good. One of the best suggestions is that uh, somebody was like, uh, have the Art Adams Dragon Team appear. Yeah, that's, that's not cool. a terrible idea. Uh, it is not a bad idea at all. It even ties to the previous issue 100. But so, they, they kind of already did appear in the did, Twisted yeah, Dragon Funnies. Yeah, Dragon did. Woman had an appearance, right? A bunch of them did on Joe Keaton's story. Yeah. Oh, that's right. A whole bunch of them did. That's right. That Robo Dragon. Yeah. Judge Dread Dragon. Yeah. You're right. I think the, each every one of those was from the Art Adams piece. <laughs> I like even Gavin. I'm looking at Gavin. Gavin says there's a lot of truly awful ideas. Yeah. 
it's hilarious. I'm just I'm flipping through. Some of them are like the boy who collected Savage Dragon. It's just like no. Ugh. So yeah. Uh, that's out there on his Facebook and on on the uh, Eric Larson forum on the image forums. So chime in if you've got a great idea. Or not. <laughs> or not. <you> know. <laughs> oh, it's so terrible. I'm looking through here and everybody's like de-aged the character. <laughs> God. Uh, well, a I lot seen, of people – I've seen things like on the forum where people – Writing out, writing out like a whole issue, like in detail, and I'm like, do you really think Eric's gonna like take your story notes? He's not asking for story notes. Yeah, he he's not like, asking for you to write like the story. Format or seeds or something. Yeah, it, it is cool that in that thread too, Stan Saki uh, tells Eric congratulations. Yeah, so that was actually pretty cool. I liked that post. That is awesome. Get Stan Saki to do some pages. Being a Saki Yojimbo, you know, for people, I guess you just say that, we just say that like people know, but Savage Dragon, what makes him special is one of the very few independent characters that has just gone for this long. And right there, shoulder to shoulder, I guess you got, I mean, maybe not shoulder, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Saki Yojimbo has more than 200 issues, but they're non consecutive and it's had a couple of different volumes. I think it's currently okay. like on 186. But their 200th issue was like 184. I think they celebrated it on. Yeah, something like that. The, but it, yeah, they don't. They don't. Stan Saki doesn't have the consecutive thing. Also, I think their issue 100 had guest artists, so it's not. Uh, a, it's an unbroken run. There I think you I go. Did, I did that research recently. Still very impressive. Yusagi Jimbo's awesome. Read it. Read it now. It's basically like if you want like titans of independent comics, it's definitely like Dragon. Hellboy, Usagi Ojimbo, Madman. Well, like that's it, right? Hellboy, not really. There aren't as many issues of Hellboy as you think, and Mignola doesn't draw more than half of them. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not talking about consistency. That'd be Cerberus. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Dave Sim, Stan Saki, Eric Larson, and, um, yes. That's it, right? That's it, really. Those I mean, there's three some guys. running comics. There. Oh, oh, and, and uh, technically Fred Perry on Gold Digger. That, that's run a long time. Are you are you serious? How would a weird guy to just be in there? But I think you're right. Yeah, he's on like issue 142 right now. Wow, and that's a second volume on top of a previous 50 issue. What about Kirkman on Walking Dead? Then, if you're gonna, well, as a writer, yes, actually. I mean, he may be one half. Are of you guys talking team. about like a complete package? Artist writers, yeah, oh, okay. Specific, yeah. I mean, yes. Larson's. I mean. Kirkman's runs on Walking Dead and Invincible are impressive, and they, they, I don't see them ending anytime soon. So they're probably going to be hitting the 200 numbers in the next 10 years or so, too. So they they will have impressive runs at, in the end. Right. Give him all the powers of Spawn. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so as we get into talking about uh, Savage Dragon 183, we're joined by our good friend Adam, who has uh, been nice enough to join us to talk about this latest issue. Hello. Good to have you on, Adam, again. Good to be talking think, to you, uh, folks. What's up, Adam? It may not have been made clear, but you were actually here for our Eric interview segment last episode. Uh, I don't think uh, we made it particularly clear in the episode that you were actually piping in a few times. Yeah, I... I was mostly quiet for part of it. Uh, um, you guys were sort of doing, asking most of the things I was going to be asking. So 
Uh, I kept myself muted until I had something highly important that the world needed to know. <laughs> and then I unmuted. That's how that works. Yeah. You're like the Batman of podcasts in that way. I, I think the, react, the appropriate reaction to that is just to be silent. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Savage Dragon 183. Um, now, which covers did you guys get? There were, Ooh, there were options? Oh, my God. There were options. <laughs> what was the other one? I got him punching Overlord. That, that's the regular cover. I wound up getting the um, oh Chris G. Yeah, the Chris, Chris G. G uh, first issue remake cover because my shop, my comic shop, only orders Savage Dragon for me. This was the only option I had. Oh, well, which is that's yeah. It's a nice cover, but I kind of want the Eric cover. I think the Chris G. ones are kind of rare. Like I think you had to actually yeah. order that. Yeah? Yeah, they're like 1 in 25 or something. Really? That's odd why they got a cop because they can't order more than 5. And they're all special orders. Hmm. That's funny. They, yeah, I don't know. You know what's funny is I, I've never actually liked... Um, I mean, I Chris didn't G? hate it, but... No, no, I love Chris G, but I, I've never really liked that first issue's cover. Oh, the, the, yeah. Eric's the very first issue of Dragon. Um, uh, and, like the... The issue itself is because awesome, the pin's but... wrong. No, I just I think the very first time I saw it, I was like, eh. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> multicolored uh, speed lines and rocks. Yeah, yeah, over. maybe you know it might actually be the coloring. Um, but I really, really like Christie's version. I like that a lot. I could just look at that one and pretend like the other one doesn't exist. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I actually I pulled out a copy of that uh, Savage Dragonbird collection recently, and I realized the cover was based on the first issue as well. It's got like Dragonbird bursting through the yeah. original uh, cover. Yeah. So it's been riffed a few times. So it's kind of neat to see it again. I'm looking funny at thing. it, and oh, I'm sorry. All I was gonna say is it's just so like funny because the ground is just devastated. Mm-hmm. Like I'm look I'm looking at the cover. He's not running on any solid ground whatsoever. No. It's debris everywhere. Explosion! <laughs> Sorry, Craig. No, I was just going to say that um, my my comic shop, I asked them to order me both covers, and I got an email and saying that you know the Chris G cover didn't come in or something. Diamond canceled it, and I was like, huh, what? So <laughs> I ordered one off eBay. I think I dropped like 15 bucks for one because I didn't see him anywhere. Really? And then I got into my comic shop like the following week and they're like oh yeah we had one for you farts yeah. <laughs> diamond that's the problem with being like a completist you just do stupid <laughs> impulsive things <laughs> so anyway yeah, I spent way too much for a Chris G cover but it's all good but now you have two yep <laughs> so anyway I think Eric said he had a hard time with his version of the cover. Yeah, I'll be honest, I think his cover's a little bit stiff, especially for such a, you know, momentous confrontation. I don't know, it just seemed, I don't know, there's been more exciting covers, I guess. I kind of like it, because, I mean, he, you know, he tends to have, he has all these different kinds of poses, but, you know, I don't think I've ever seen a dragon cover with, you know, from this standpoint, with... With you know the way he's punching him, and it's not the the greatest cover, but you know it looks different than any of his other covers in my eyes. 
it's got to be tough. I mean, uh, after so many issues to, I mean, plus two, I mean, punching Overlord without any kind of reveal. Yeah. I kind of like the, yeah. the, the, the play, the, uh, the, um, fight playbill placeholder a little bit better, I guess. Stylistically, anyway. Fight of the century? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think that would have worked as a cover if you, you know. Yeah. It actually would have been okay. Yeah, I'd have been okay with that. It is funny that this is like the deal that was made of it was this was the 20th anniversary issue. So even though it's the whole image 20th anniversary, this is, I guess, 20 years worth of the comic. And, uh, you know, I mean, what do you do for that cover? I mean, do you do you try to re- acknowledge that? Do you do something to do with the issue? I don't know. It's kind of you know, it, tough. It's actually interesting. This sort of calls back to uh, we we will or have. We, we, we've mentioned that Eric is, has solicited for ideas for his uh, 200th issue. Uh, on mm-hmm. his Facebook and on his forum, and it's you know brought up a lot of discussion, and it's kind of interesting because I sort of jokingly suggested that issue 200 just be a regular issue, with no fanfare, and that's kind of what this is. It's like the 20th anniversary issue, but it's really just a regular issue. It sure is. And that's <laughs> kind of cool. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, I wasn't expecting anything, you know, super big out of it. Like I said, we're on 183, 200s. Hey, what, a year and a half away? Or Lol. Two years? <laughs> In Dragon Time. Well, I mean, he did just do 175, which was a fatter issue. And, yeah. Like, it has to be annoying to always have these, like, milestones or things that are thought of as milestones, even if they're not. And I mean, I always like, you know, big issues. I liked the, like, DC trade dress that he put, put on the 150 cover. That was really cool, but... Yeah, I wouldn't have any idea what to do either if I was having to put together like issue two hundred because he's done a lot of you know done a lot of those fat ones at this point. Yeah, that's true. It's a it's a good issue though to celebrate. I mean, it's a big reveal. It's you know it's all coming back around again with Dragon versus Overlord, so it all kind of fell in place as kind of a, a decent issue for a issue celebrating twenty years. Yeah, that's true. Let's put Putting Dragon back on the planet is kind of like, hey, you know, it's not like, ooh, return to the quo, yay, that's never what it's about. But it is kind of like, hey, you know, we're done with this whole in space thing, you know, now it's going to be some street level stuff, which is, I guess, what you really think of when you think of the character anyway. And in last episode, I mean, this is what Eric, was, was it last episode when Eric was saying it's kind of like now we're heading into like the Batman Beyond phase where dragon's gonna be uh malcolm's kind of mentor that's kind of just standing back and helping him out so i think we're starting to see the the beginning of that teach malcolm how not to get his midsection shot out every time (laughs) that's right (laughs) it's inconvenient it happens a lot (laughs) it's funny that it's like the first i'm looking at the first issue and it's like first brutal issue up in the corner over the image eye. Yeah. And then over the over the logo it says celebrating twenty brutal years. That's just so funny. Oh, yeah. Brutal's not something I really think of when I I guess it's brutal. Intense action from Eric Larson. <laughs> in that weird font. Yeah. Yeah. That, like super low tech font. <laughs> <laughs> the Savage Dragon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
It's just funny. It's funny the weird little like brutal, brutal. Just wouldn't think Conan's brutal. Oh, people are getting their midsections ripped out, <laughs> and he does have more deaths in his comic than most comics. So I know this I is like it. might seem kind of this might seem kind of weird, but like it's like Savage is kind of like the thing I associate with Savage Dragon. It's weird that like there are other books now with like Savage Hawkman and shit. Sav- Isn't there Savage Hulk? Is Savage that... Hulk? Is there a Savage Hulk? I want to say there was. Right. Well, Savage there... She-Hulk. Oh, Savage was. She-Hulk. That's it. Isn't there another Savage book coming out? There was a book uh, called just Slayer Savage. Man. No, no, I thought it's there was a like new to... Marvel book coming out. Savage something. Maybe I'm wrong. To me, it's kind of like if you were Oh, you know like... what you're thinking of? There was a promotional campaign that the, the name was Savage. They haven't actually, I think, I don't think they've stated what the actual book is yet. Could be. I think it's a Wolverine title. It is. Bingo. You got it. Yeah, I remember that because I was like, "Savage Wolverine." Come on. Is that it? Savage Wolverine. I think it is. Up, yeah. Yeah. Upcoming Savage Wolverine series by. I want to say Frank Cho. Yep. I want to say it is too. Frank Cho. It's Savage yeah. Wolverine. And it's kind of like it's it's like I know I know it's like adjectives like who owns them or whatever. But it'd be if it was like Uncanny Spawn. Well, didn't skull aren't skull kickers coming out with uncanny skull kickers? Yeah, it's kind something? of a joke though. I think that's just yeah, right. Yeah. Because everybody knows that that's you know that's what that that adjective is so tied into the X Men mythos, you know. Yeah, he's sort of. I believe he's riffing on both the uh, the Marvel Now relaunches as well as the uh, uh, DC Number Zero issues because the cover design is based on that, and the title is yeah. like Uncanny Avengers or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Actually, so I, he's I, know, like, oh, well, I say I know Jim Zub, but uh, I've a uh, hangout on a forum where he hangs out that he hung out on before he got famous. So, did you see in the new previews? Like he wrote in like the solicitation, he's like, "Oh, just hang it up right next to your Uncanny X Men issues. <laughs> it's right there." <laughs> yeah, he's a funny guy. He, uh... He's been writing some real good stuff on his blog oh, lately about. About uh, finances, the financial realities of doing creator-owned comics and that kind of stuff, and it, it's always, always uh, words worth reading. The wisdom of of Zub. Yeah, he's a pretty smart kid, and he's going to be a superstar if he isn't already. Wisdom of Zub. <laughs> so, shall we delve into this issue? Let me just Let's. talk about the cover for the entire time. <laughs> you know the signature, it's just right over there, it's like it's right over his head. I thought that was part of his helmet. It's like a thread coming out of his costume. <laughs> so we really are going to talk about this cover. <laughs> this is terrible. And that's a wrap. <laughs> One eighty-three. Thanks, guys. Tell you what, this this issue had a lot of great splashes of Overlord getting his face pummeled and coming out at you. That's what I was yeah. saying before we started. I was like, this is going to be an interesting recap, just because there's so many pages of just somebody getting the crap punched out of them. It's like Overlord's body flying at your face in like you know every different position. You're right. That's like most of the book. <laughs> <laughs> But it's gorgeous, like, the detail yeah. of Overlord is so good. 
I like this issue a lot. I, I did. I think to me it keeps the heat. This book's had the heat lately, and this keeps the heat. Yeah. I like the whole design of the book. It's like the previous issue, and it harkens back to, you know, earlier days in Dragon. Like, you know, we were talking about there's no title page on the first page. Yeah. You get a lot of uh, the black edge panels, you know, the black uh, space instead of the white space. Yep. Panels. I like that. A lot of full bleed, a lot of bleed going on. Yeah, yep. I know I've said several times how much I, I like those title pages that he was doing for a really long time, but this is definitely one of those issues where it benefits from not doing that. And yeah. it starts right up, like right where the previous issue ended, and uh, you can picture how it's going to look in a trade where it just keeps going. I've been re- catching up on some of The Walking Dead lately that I missed out on, and he writes it just like that where... You know, the first page opens up, and they're in the middle of the scene that they were they had the cliffhanger on in the previous issue. And I was just reading that, going, "Oh yeah, that's what Eric used to do all the time." That's one of the reasons <laughs> right. this opening is so cool. It's just you keep it going, and uh, it it's perfect for a high tension moment like that because it's exactly what you want to open up and read to see the very next thing that happens. What in blazes, Ram? <laughs> <laughs> Lots of great sound effects. Oh, yeah. This one's awesome. Brock. Scrow. Rock. 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 <laughs> so, basically, I mean, Angel just pummels the crap out of Overlord. I love that Angel says, and she says it all the time, he's just a kid. Yeah. Just a kid you want to sleep with, sicko. Ugh. who are you trying to convince us or yourself you know one thing i never got was like she kind of inherited the uniform from smasher her mom yeah but i never got that whole uniform i mean is that was that like an sos uniform is that why it's got the like american flag or what is that that was a thing i believe it, it was jennifer murphy's um uniform when she was in SOS in the original Image universe. And so, in one of the more creepy things that Dragon has ever done, he dresses up Savage World Jennifer in the same outfit. <laughs> Dressed like my dead wife. Right. <laughs> like it zooms in my and Dragon's got a pencil-thin He's got a pencil-thin mustache. <laughs> like, oh my god. So, I guess in either, well, you know, Actually, if I think about it really hard, this angel never actually met Savage World Angel, uh, Jennifer. I want to say that's the case. So she's probably taking it from her actual mother. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, maybe. Dimensions. I mean. You got to love, though. I mean, even a simple four-page layout, you know, it's just perfect for action. I mean, she's just kicking a crap out of him. And I- lots, of, lots of speed lines, this issue. It's awesome. You can never get enough of him. Yeah, he does, Eric does really good speed lines. It really, he's really good at giving a good sense of motion in general. That's it. Yeah. Is it just gives it a lot of velocity. It's it's a panel to panel thing where you can totally get the sense of a character is moving from moment to moment. Scott McCloud would be proud. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's very fluid. I think you know his style. You know, lends a lot to that loose and you know 
it's not stiff like a photograph or anything like that. That's what I really like about Eric. You you, you can you see the movement right, you know, as you're right. looking at the paint. And he's not afraid and to is, exaggerate. He definitely is a cartoonist in the way that he is, presents uh, it. This is nerdy, but I'm a huge fan too of the uh right left uh fist like attention on sequential like from panel to panel. So like yeah. page one, she's giving him a right. Next yeah. panel, it's a left. Then the next one, a right. Then a left. That's good. And, yeah. You know, yeah. that, I like it. That's a good point that I didn't quite pick up on, but you're right. That is the case. It's subtle. Yeah, it is subtle. You know, it does, definitely adds to that whole motion thing. There's like, there's no sense of missing moments, I guess. Right. Well, right. Yeah. No, I think the thing that Eric does best, like the thing that he does better than he does anything else, is people punching each other. And, right. <laughs> uh, you know, that he's definitely got that, that fluid down. Like you're talking, like nobody ever looks stiff when he's drawing them being punched into the camera, you know, with extreme foreshortening or, or whatever. And, uh, it's always a good, you know, you read it quickly because it's action and you want to go through it, but then you have to go back later and kind of linger. Over. I didn't notice the left right thing at all. Like, I never noticed that kind of stuff, but you're totally right now that I look at it. Yeah, it's never, like, two lefts where it would, like, you like Jim was saying, where you indicate that you missed something. It's always going back and forth. The one-two, one-two, one-two. I'm a nerd for that kind of thing. It's nice. I love I love the panel where uh, Angel just throws the street lamp at Overlord's back. Mm-hmm. It's just like just rams right in the back, and then you just see his little trail kind of his little smoke trail just kind of squiggle away, and then he just I don't know he just flies away, and never turns back. It's a great transition too, because that last panel of the previous page, you totally could be like just getting away, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you flip the page, and it's like throck, boom. She gets one more parting shot in. Yeah, you're right. That 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 was a little extra something that. Some people, some some creators wouldn't have added it. He would have just flown away. Right in the old lumbar. And of course, you yeah. got greasy, the greasy like uh, what, <laughs> no. what was the gossip mag? Was it actually called gossip rag? Yes. Yeah. You got gossip what rag. What was that guy's here. name? Oh, who knows? Willie Williams. Oh, Willie like Williams. That? Yep, I think something that was right. Something yeah. alliterative. W. He's Willie a, Williams. He's and, satisfied. Raven, yeah, what a Captain jerk. Stewart. So, do you need to do the Captain Stewart. <laughs> what was it? I don't even remember. You're the hang in there, kid. <laughs> hang in there. Enjoy your sweet cup of Joe. You're gonna live to see another cup of Joe yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> I forgot all about it. <laughs> I think you get a double dose of John Day in this one, too. There's John Day right there under the Malcolm leg, but I'm pretty oh, sure yeah. he's in there later. I see. see, everything in cycles. We went from having no John Day to now you're getting more John Day than you can stand. <laughs> one day it. there's going to be an issue where just every single person in the background is John Day and Dragon's like starting to look around going, this is weird. And it, it needs to be a fight issue, too, just like this one, where it's like, Throck, Thram, but it's John Day punching John Day. <laughs> we're going to find out that John Day's like the multiple man. He's actually right. freaks that just keeps regenerating. You yeah. think Dark Lord's the guy who's been around all this time. 
It's just John Day's helping each other rule the world. Dragon, yeah, <laughs> Dragon punches Overlord's uh, mask off, and it's John Day underneath. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think at least half of us were expecting that. <laughs> I didn't see, it. I didn't see it coming. I mean, I guess maybe we're jumping ahead, but I didn't see the reveal. I was like, what? Yeah, I didn't see that either. It's uh. So we get back to uh, Thunderhead, who's uh, kind of he's ma- he's uh, not happy that his plans to resur- resurrect his father didn't plan out pan out. Uh, but he does get a surprise in the graveyard. Who do you guys think it is? Oh, geez. You know, low blow. I don't it's know. low blow. Cross fingers. Low blow. <laughs> <laughs> I live. Redneck. That's why he's so shocked. I, I kind of get the sense that it's probably not Definitely someone right we've, we've we've seen. It, it might just be some random dead person that is whatever storyline is coming up, or maybe you know it could be maybe it's, maybe it's Abner Cadaver. Oh, that would be freaking awesome! That would be cool. I love Abner. Yeah, he was one of my favorites. I'm not really sure what his status is now. Well, Fonte flew off with the string, and that was the end of him. He turned right? to dust, right? What was that? That was that Savage World. Didn't didn't oh, Barbaric yeah. kind of just crush his head into dust? <laughs> like Abner Cadaver was the string. He was never really like the guy. Right. Good point. So. Yeah. So my history of the Savage World is is all confabulated with the <laughs> the stuff that happened pre Savage World. Uh, I think there was stuff with Fonte and Abner in the backups in One Hundred. You might be right. Was, was that? Well, I remember. Well, what I remember is that in 100, after the possession storyline, Dragon eventually shrugs off the Wicked Worm control, goes back to uh, the Wicked Worm, his host body, right. and he manages to beat the hell out of uh, all the worms and free Fonte, who flies yeah, off and right. never shows up again. Yeah, he was like, "I'll never come back." Yeah, and like, didn't he take the string with him? I'm, I feel like he took. That's when I feel like Fonte took the string with him. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Gavin, you stinking... Where are you? <laughs> Turn on the Gavin signal. I did. I haven't heard back. Uh, I want to say nobody ever gives too much props for the colorist, but Nikos is doing a killer job. This graveyard scene with what he did in the grass, that's really nice. Yeah. A little Nikos pattern going swag. on there? Yeah. Little little extra work there in like the uh, grass, like just the you know detail. I don't know, it's nice, it's good. I like, I just like, I like Eric's hatching in general, especially with the grass textures and the stone shadow textures and all that stuff. There definitely yeah. need to be more graves in this comic. Clearly, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Eric's filled up a few. Man drives a, draws a mean graveyard. Hey, maybe maybe he can have uh, Hellboy again uh, or uh, some <laughs> Hellboy characters rather and then they can there'll definitely be, be some graveyards in that do you think who it is is going to talk in that like font with that word balloon style the whole time what the I live <laughs> yeah <laughs> huge huge lettering oh man I bet Tom Morzikowski really hopes so <laughs> <laughs> I live all giant that speech bubble all weird yeah but <laughs> I <laughs> I was just gonna say he can't ever say much. <laughs> His words are so big. His letters. 
Yeah, at this point, it really could be anyone coming back to life. It's pretty vague. I mean, it could be anybody. Or it's or somebody that's buried in the same kind of place that you'd bury, like just a villain. True enough. That's a good point. It's, See, uh, it's Antonio it's... Spaghetti or whatever his name is. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's what his name is now. <laughs> spaghetti. <laughs> I wish his name was Spaghetti. <laughs> It might be even a, a new uh, a new villain we uh, have never even seen before. Antonio be cool. And I'd be That'd cool be with cool. that, too. Like, if it was somebody that was dead before the book even started, and this is like his big return to the book. Yeah, not that's return, but, actually you know, what I'm kind of thinking it might end up being, is some, like you said, just some character, some supervillain that died before Dragon arrived. That'd be mm-hmm. cool. It's just data, man. <laughs> Data all, all slow. Yeah, that's why. That's why there's a, a pause between the eye and the lip. Yeah. Dude, if you're right, that's hilarious. Because <laughs> you know, in this book, I mean, everything is like. Sometimes there's nothing to it. Other times there's like it's totally foreshadowed and there's hints and you just should have picked up on them. Yeah. Like all those months of, or maybe even years of, like. Angel's face in the shadow. Right, and then there was nothing. <laughs> yeah. Psych, totally normal. <laughs> well, whoever it is is probably going to t- uh, de- it's going to be Thunderhead's story, probably. I feel sorry for him, because here he is, clearly, he's about to get pulled into some crap again. Yeah. Never going to be a good guy. Uh, no. <laughs> you never know. I'm curious where his story's going. It's good, though. It's a good turn of events. I didn't want to see his dad just come back. That would have been boring. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, Malcolm's recovering in a hospital. He's apparently uh, laid up. Um, Angel is really gung-ho about beating the hell out of Overlord. Yeah, she actually wants to kill him. Overlord must die is a pretty uh, extreme statement there, Angel. Especially since he's kind of been like, hey, I'm just trying to do the right thing. <laughs> I'm leaving the whole time. <laughs> it's kind yeah, of a she's angry. It's kind of an odd thing for her to say. I mean, Dragon's not afraid to put people down when it's necessary, but he doesn't usually stand over people and say, I'm going to kill this person premeditatively. <laughs> yeah, but so, don't forget, at, at this point... Malcolm, she doesn't know if he's going to make it. You know, she, Overlord might have killed Malcolm or caused his death. You know, she's standing over Malcolm. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, that's right. He hasn't actually regained consciousness yet. Good point. Because she seems so who's she talking to? <laughs> the fly. She's talking to Malcolm. If you read, like, the next uh, the next panel, I mean, she's talking to him as he's unconscious. Oh, yeah, she is. I'll get revenge, Malcolm. You'll see. You'll all see. See? <laughs> yeah, it's funny that she doesn't realize he'll be okay. He's like, I'll be okay. It'll take more than that to kill me. <laughs> Just my torso got blown up. It's Just a torso wound? Just a few feet Just of small scratch. intestines. No biggie. So uh, some yards, farmers yeah. in a field somewhere, they uh, get spooked by uh, one of the um, 
Carillion? No, wrong, wrong aliens. Uh, Tyranian. Tyranian ship coming down. The skull ships. Skull ships. Ah. Octopi ships. They uh, have the foresight to call the Air Force and will come in and blow it out of the sky. And now, you know how Eric always comments that cars are hard? <laughs> <laughs> silhouette planes. His, uh, silhouette planes are kind of funny Lacking. looking. You know, <laughs> any of you guys ever play video games ever? Star Fox. Yeah, that's never, what they look like. They are games. wings. <laughs> that is total Star Fox planes, Jim. You're right. You're right. <laughs> he called these guys, these farmers. They called Team Star Fox to take out the aliens. <laughs> Pretty good. They do. They look just like them. The Air Force in Savage Dragon is like the most ass-kicking branch of armed forces. <laughs> they killed a god, and now they're like just destroying this ship. That's right. And they don't hang around either. It's just like, and then they're out of there. There are a whole bunch of guys. After it crashes, um, a bunch of uh, guys with guns show up in silhouette. I swear one of them looks like he's wearing the uh, Dum Dum Durgan hat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's probably John Day. <laughs> Somebody call the Army, the Air Force. <laughs> These guys. I wasn't fooled for a minute. I knew who it was in there. Definitely. It was, you know, track. You knew. So, uh, Angel graduates from high school and is immediately bombarded by the media. Including uh, Clark Kent and Billy Batson. Oh, oh good yeah. eye. <laughs> good eye. What's that? Well, there's Billy. Where's Clark? Right above him. Above him? That doesn't look like Clark Kent. He doesn't have a... Well, I guess Superman has the curly cue. Well, and he looks like he has a claw on his shoulder. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> it looks like a claw. Maybe Billy has a claw hand. <laughs> I think it's just someone's head or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's somebody's hair or something. And he drives right. She drives away in her little box car. <laughs> <laughs> From the graduation. Um, poor media. They are, they just want the story. It's weird. That doesn't look anything like a car, but you know it's a car. <laughs> it's like it's good cartoon. Are you, am I looking at it like a, a a truck with like a back window driving away, or I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, maybe a truck. Yeah, it looks like a truck. Get that little that little uh, dust cloud, and you just know it's a truck or a car. Maybe she got a truck for graduation. <laughs> So, she didn't uh, look happy to be graduating. She's kind of like, didn't look proud or anything. You know, the stress of life is probably crashing down upon her. I remember <laughs> that experience. When your, your brother was laid up with his torso removed and Overlord was running around free. <laughs> yeah, it totally sucks. Your <laughs> European walkabout looming over your head. <laughs> Teen problems. That's it. So what do you guys think of... Uh, yeah, the Daredevil character. In general? Yeah. I mean, Honestly, I don't know. I don't want to... Well, I'm not really a fan. He, I feel he kind of clashes with the with the tone of the book sometimes. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, I think he's all right, but I don't... 
I don't understand why he's so necessary to the book. I mean, he kind of fills the star void, but I don't think he does it as well. I don't know. And I think he shows up way too much. I feel like something's going to happen. You're being reminded he's around for a reason. That's true. Yeah. Well, sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's all. I was just going to say, I think that's sort of one of the motivations for introducing him in the first place was is because he doesn't really fit in. He's this really, you know, he's from this really much pure era of superheroics and, and very tame and They've, you know, sort of addressed that to a bit, like with the character, how he used to uh, fight these guys that, you know, t- today's comics make look like nothing. And, and he's like, well, don't remember, I punched out Hitler, you know. And and, um, and so I think him being in Dragon's World, he's not going to um, come out unscathed. I mean, already, you know, one of the little wise guys was just brutally murdered. Two of them, I and, believe. Oh, yeah? Okay. I yeah, believe yeah, there yeah. were five of them, and then uh, Dart ground them up. I, I know, I know nobody one. might have been thinking it, but, like, I think maybe, too, he was intended here, his appearance, to be sort of like a red herring for the Overlord reveal. What? I mean, Daredevil, what else? Daredevil is Overlord? He's I humanoid. Even... I can think see that it. now that you say it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that, that possibility ever crossed my mind. I was thinking that he could be. I thought he would make an awesome Overlord, only because he's just weird and out of touch, and he has these like weird sensibilities, you know, because yeah. he's not. I don't know. He definitely would have the right terminology, you know. Yeah, I thought that's what the old-timey sort of talking was maybe a hint to. So, I mean, yeah. I thought that. Huh. That's a good point. That's That's a good thought. I like the uh, color dot pattern in the first panel that we haven't really seen much of since um, back when Eric was coloring the book. He used to do that kind of stuff a lot. Well, I think here um, it's more about Daredevil being a Golden Age character. He's kind of jumping out of a four-color sky. Yeah, maybe. It's just, I, I just aesthetically, I always like it when he uses those. And uh, he's been using more patterns and more... Um, uh, those kinds of things lately, but I haven't seen like the color ones that he used to use a lot of, like in the one twenties uh, around there. And um, so I don't know if he put this in or if Nikos did it at his request or whatever. But I like how that looks. Yeah, it I looks do cool. like it. I like I like it as a visual a lot. Yeah, I thought this was sort of a red herring page. You know, just that moment. He's kind of weird. Hey guys, go find the murderous you, you, you overlord. You know what I think it is. I think it's Daredevil trying to impress Angel. Yeah, that Because of their whole relationship. He's trying to find Overlord for her. Yeah. I think we just need to be reminded that Daredevil and Angel have kind of a weird relationship. Mm-hmm. He's still an awesome visual. Yeah, he <laughs> does, definitely looks yeah. cool. I like him better than Star. I mean, visually. Visually... Maybe, I mean, Star does have is kind of more of a Spider-Man obvious knockoff, or not? I say knockoff, uh, inspired. Daredevil definitely has his more unique, original style to him. Yes, definitely. And then you flip it in there's Malcolm getting his "Hey, you're okay" party. Yay! <laughs> the guy with the healing factor is okay. 
What's all this? Let's all celebrate. There's his potential girlfriends on the right. <laughs> Family on the his left. first ex in his probably future. <laughs> he said, Eric said in an interview, somebody was like, is that an indicator that he's together with Janie? And he was like, nah, you know, they're friends. The, her being there doesn't mean too much. Well, she, or maybe she, she's you friends with Amy. Tiara. Best friends, I think. Is it Tiara? Tiara. Yeah. Who's Janie? J- Janie is a spider girl. And there's two of them. <laughs> what a skank. <laughs> Who we don't see nearly enough of, in my opinion. Angel's feeding him some cake. Get out of here. Oh, it's his birthday. All right. Oh, I was her birthday. Miss graduation. Celebrate my birthday. Oh my god, did I read this? What the hell? <laughs> it's in the panel. I'm reading it now at. as we go. <laughs> what is this savage dragon? Who is he? How does how does Dragon or Malcolm ever get comfortable with that fin sticking out the back of their head? Yeah, I mean, how do you lay in a pillow? Always sideways. Just rip it off. I mean, it'll grow back. <laughs> Does it just bend, like, really easily? Does it I'm going to say super-powered neck muscles. <laughs> just get used to sleeping on your face. <laughs> well, even then it doesn't work, because it does stick out in the front. Unless you have, like, one of those massage chairs where you put your head through the thing. If there's, like, a hole in his bed for his fin. <laughs> <laughs> like the computer chairs in uh, that uh, cartoon about the dinosaurs. Just had a little, a little, Wait, little tail hole. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. I know that was super vague. I knew that wouldn't come out right. Uh, you know. <laughs> no, you the, the computer chairs with the dinosaurs? That isn't ringing any bells. <laughs> there was this uh, computer, uh, computer, oh my God, there's this cartoon show where uh, dinosaurs <laughs> were the superheroes of it. And uh, they, their, their chairs uh, had tail holes. Wait. And I always thought that was weird terrible and funny. Thunder Lizards? I want to say they were dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Yep. This rings no bells for me. Oh my god! I just have the theme song for Big Bad Beetleborg stuck in my head. <laughs> it was on TBS. If you YouTube it, dinosaurs exists. It's real. They had computer chairs with tail holes. TBS doesn't that automatically mean it's a bad cartoon? Nah, not true. I believe Johnny Bravo and Dexter's Lab got their start on TBS. Did they? Also, um, Two Stupid Dogs. When that Cartoon Network? They were like proto-Cartoon Network before Cartoon Network took off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Cake. Cake in a hospital bed. Um, what's his name? Um, oh. Wise guy number one. (laughs) The tall one with the red hair and and the overalls. I want to say his name's like Husker or always with the cornball or something. Husker. Husker. <laughs> you just changed his dialogue in my mind's ear. Angel, it's Overlord. <laughs> he's, he's now known as Husker to me from now on. Husker and spaghetti. Husker thinks he's found spaghetti in this scene. End of the line, spaghetti. <laughs> oh, really, you know, I really like this next page. That um, it's the the first page that kind of uh, where uh, Angel finds uh, Overlord, just 
tossing uh, Daredevil. It's a great page. Like, just yeah. Overlord looks completely awesome in every panel. I just, uh, yeah, I did want to say, I actually remember now when I first read this, because uh, I read it digitally and then I read the print version or whatever, that I remember that that was like the moment when he was throwing Daredevil. I was like, oh, okay, so it's not Daredevil. So to me, yeah, that's what that previous page was about, too. What? Is it? Oh, it's the red herring. It it can't be uh, Frank Jr.? Well, like, uh, well, yeah, that, like, sort of the one, two there, because, like, she just left Frank Jr., so you know it wasn't him right there. And then there's Daredevil getting thrown, so you know it's not him. So, yeah, that to me, I was kind of like, well, that's a cool way for that to play out. They eliminated two candidates right there. Like, and I just, I never bought Powerhouse. I'm sorry. It didn't make any sense to me either. I mean, the guy already turns into a giant super-powered flying chicken. He doesn't need armor. Plus, how's his head going to get in there? That's true. Well, he'd be in human form. Doesn't the Incredible Hulk wear armor now or something? Uh, (laughs) Oh, God. I just threw up my Uh. mouth. Hey, I I noticed (laughs) on on, uh, this, this kind of page on the big panel where Overlord's getting punched by uh, angels. The rack of ram is two different colors. We usually don't see that. Rack of yeah. ram! The, the sound effect colored in two different colors. The sound of the first impact and the follow-through. I like it. It's like brack-a-boom. Brack-a-ba-doom. <laughs> Splank! You know? It's this one, you're getting thrown into a garbage can. Splank! Who has metal garbage cans anymore, by the way? Outside, just in the public. That's a good point. I, you remember those, like, as a kid, though? They always, like, got all bent up and pointy. And, and, and you pull the top off and pretend you're Captain America for a few minutes. <laughs> 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 That's not my memory, Jim. Splang <laughs> is, is, like, the go-to sound effect for garbage cans and garbage yeah. can-related accidents. Yeah. It's almost always splang. You know, it's funny. He just, you know, he can't be, you can't say this new Overlord is too good a guy, though, because, like, Daredevil clearly no match for him. And then panel two, he's going for the blast to pieces attack. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you dare attack me? I should blast you to pieces. Like, <laughs> you're already knocking the crap out of him, dude. You don't need to blast him to pieces. So Angel gets a few hits in. Malcolm tries before getting literally spanked. Smack, (laughs) spack. Some kind of mixture of getting... You got bitch slapped, okay? (laughs) So Adam, you think Tom Orzachowski picks the sound effects or does Eric... No, Eric Eric writes them and and he'll, he'll put them on the boards where he wants them to go. So Eric actually picks the words. Yeah, yeah. No, they're all, uh, yeah. Fat with a little period at the end. Mm-hmm. That made me laugh. Malcolm grabs his calf. Fat. With the period. Like, that's funny. Yeah. Sound of uh, flesh um, slapping metal. You know what? I guess I never really noticed, but all of these sound effects have punctuation. Yeah, yeah, they do. Thap was just not that interesting a moment, you know? <laughs> Thap. I love, in this book, the real... The, 
I think this is the real only full splash page in the book, right? Is the next page Whoa. coming up? Yep. And yeah. it is awesome. I love how, like, with comics, I mean, obviously, you know, like, Overlord's eyes really can't move in a mask, but, you know, with comics, you can kind of shift the eyes, like, on the mask to make it look like he's, like, experiencing pain or he's got, like, a helpless look on his face. Kind of like with uh, Spider-Man's eyes on his mask, sometimes people can make his eyes squint or whatever, but I like how, you know, this medium, you can kind of play around with things and, you know, in a movie, if this is a movie, his mask would always look the same, you know, Overlord's mask would always look the same, but in a comic, you can kind of portray that kind of emotion in a mask. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely expressive, like, on the opposite page of that splash page, like, from panel two to, yeah. like, panel three. <laughs> right, right. Not possible. This ends now. Like, definitely the eyes are doing different stuff. Right, right. And you just kind of roll with it, and that's that's what's cool about, you know, you know one of the, the small little things cool about comics. It's a good... Uh, it's a good, like, triumphant return kind of a moment anyway. Yeah. It's always cool to see when, when Dragon is, like, smiling when he's kicking somebody's ass. That's always right. fun. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not even, yeah, he's not even, like, he's not worried, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Give it a rest. <laughs> it's pretty cool, too, when you compare, like, Dragon to Malcolm. Like, Dragon is definitely visibly a lot older than Malcolm, like... And I think Eric's been putting a little more effort to making him look older. Like when he that first appearance of Dragon in this book and that splash, he definitely looks a lot older. Like you know, someone in their forties. Yeah, he's rocking to, a crow's feet. Yeah, compared to like you know, a teenager or twenty year old. Uh, hey guys, my kid is freaking out. I gotta go. All right, Adam. <laughs> Sorry. Well, good to have you though. Happy yeah. birthday, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Talking to you. I will. Uh, I will talk to you soon. So, uh, yeah, Dragon's back. Dad, you know, <laughs> it's a great panel. Yeah, and then like all the panels after that of Dragon just kicking Overlord's ass is pretty cool. There's like so many, you know, that that panel where it's like Dragon's like that typical Larson pose where he's kind of like dragons, like stretched out at an angle, just that scrow. He just like hits overlord and there's like rocks flying. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Just debris everywhere. There's not even rocks in the scene. Yeah, but, like, rocks are just he flying. Hits somebody. It's one of his uh, lesser known powers. <laughs> and it's, it's cool because like with, if you, you see in these panels, like overlords only kind of effective, at a distance where he can like blast you, but if you stay close to Overlord and just pummel him up close, he can't like get his hands to like blast you. And you can see that in these panels where he's like Dragon just tackled him and he's just trying to blast Dragon and it's just like you know, Dragon's just on top of him and he can't It is cool, yeah, that's a very good point, is that like he just keeps he just stays right, like, you know, doesn't give him any room to breathe, no distance. Even that, like, fourth panel, he's just sort of shooting over his shoulder. Yeah, yeah. That's a great point. And just pummels him. And I know, um, I think there was some complaints in the message board, like, hey, didn't Dragon take care of him a little, or, you know, a little soon? 
But you got to figure Dragon's faced Overlord how many times now in the past 20 years? And, you know, this Overlord is a pretty inexperienced Overlord. He just happens to have a powerful suit. So it makes sense to me that he just got his ass handed to him. Because all he has really are those kind of photon beams from his hands that really... Right. I mean, they're powerful photon beams, but he doesn't really have much... He's not a, a big fighter. I mean, we'll get to the reveal of who it is, but once we, we see who it is, we realize, I mean, this guy is kind of a weakling. From yeah, everything and seen. you definitely, you put, you nailed it. Like, he's not, uh, it's to me just, I don't know, it made perfect sense that he just shut him down in an issue only because, you know, it's it's everything. I don't know, I guess I'm just agreeing with you that it just totally made sense to me. Plus, it was very satisfying just to see him show up and give this guy the beatdown. Yeah. I guess, I mean, I'm sort of in the camp that it was a little bit too easy that he just got punched to pieces, really, because there's a lot of strong guys in a Savage Dragon universe that could have done that. And, I mean, the, the last time Overlord and uh, Dragon met, granted, at the time, I think Dragon was virus, but Overlord just blasted him to atoms with, like, hardly a, th- a thought about it. So it, it's a little bit of a disconnect at this but, time. I mean, granted, this time Dragon has the drop on him. He doesn't give him any chance to, to breathe, really. So I can and, I can buy the fact that Dragon is more experienced, and by staying inside, he can negate all of Overlord's strengths. It's just, in the past, it takes more than just punching Overlord for him to fall apart. Yeah, but I think, again, it, it goes comes down to who's actually in the armor. Right. You know, you you can, you know, you can put anybody in there, but really, you know, like that Antonio Sanghetti guy was in the armor for how many years, so he really knew how to control it. Um, and then I think after him, when it was like Vic Nixon took it over, I think his mind actually started to get controlled by like the program that was in the in the costume, wasn't it? Like, nope. uh, wasn't it? Uh, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, it started to mess with his brain. And it changed him. That that's how the reveal was. It was like it, he got like his brain was overrode by the the memory, I guess, of Antonio Sanghetti or whatever. So that was a question I had too. I was like, how come that's not happening to this guy? Or maybe it is. I don't know. Hmm. I do have to ask. So I guess are we going to jump to the reveal because it's kind of like yeah, holding? Let's, for it. let's all say yeah. it together. Flash Mercury. Mercury. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly how I felt, too. I was like, what the? Meddling kids. How did you guys feel about that? (laughs) I don't know. It makes sense, but we were all wrong. I was shocked to pieces. I mean, I think think the first question mark that went over my head is, wait a minute. Flash Mercury fought alongside Malcolm during Dragon War which I know Overlord was orchestrating. So, I'm a little I'm a little confused about the some of the uh the timing there because Overlord made the Dragon Army and yet Flash Mercury was there during well, the fight. Was he as ever on the Mercury. same panel as Overlord though? No, no, never. No, they, they were never on the same panel, but from just, from what I understand is Open Face and Octopus were controlling the armor at first remotely. Then right. they brought Data Man into the fold. 
And for some reason, Data Man was working with the guy who I guess turns out to be Flash, Flash Mercury to right. eliminate Octopus and Open Face and steal the, the armor. So I don't understand the that kind of subplot, like why Data Man was working with this goofy-ass Flash Mercury, you know, who, you know, he's not Powerhouse or any of the, you know, or Mako or any of those kind of strong-arm vicious circle guys. Like, what would make him work with Flash Mercury? So Maybe Ed, I would, Ed. like, I'm interested in finding out how Flash Mercury kind of wiggled his way into becoming so prominent that to get these guys to help him out, you know? True. It's a good point. I'm and, definitely... You know, I'm, I'm definitely more interested in this being the reveal than pretty much about any other possibility. I just hope there's more to his story that it doesn't just stop here. That it doesn't go to jail and that's it. I kind of hope Flash Mercury as a character continues to be developed. And Flash Mercury is a weird character. He's always like in the middle of the line. I mean, he was like, he was created by, you know, he was kind of like a weakling kind of handicapped guy that was given powers by the creator. And right. I did the creator's bidding almost forcefully, I think. And then the creator was killed by Glum and it kind of set him free. And he finds with Malcolm. <laughs> and now it kind of goes to this. So he's kind of a screwed up guy. You know, he doesn't know what he wants. Now, I don't know my Flash Mercury stuff too well. I know the mask is what prevents him from being crippled. The mask is his power. If When he wears the mask, he becomes Flash Mercury and he has strength and speed and has a car that can do flips. Yeah, like Speed Racer's car. Right. But, like, the thing was, is that, like, the mask being in his glove, did that have any significance? Like, was he able, was the armor keeping him able to move? Well, he can't walk without it, without his mask, and you see that, like, if we flash forward to the, if you move forward to the last page, you even see, like, Malcolm saying, with the armor out of commission and his mask off, Flash can't even walk. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I think it was in his. I think it was in his uh, wrist because uh, just for accessibility, if he ever runs into trouble, okay. he can put it oh, on. So, yeah, I guess he could walk with the armor, but yeah, right. I guess that was, was my question. Yeah. Okay, so the armor was what was keeping him around when he was Overlord. Okay, got it. Just double checking. Yeah, that, that was right. my assumption is that he was crippled in the armor, but the armor let him move around. Yeah, and if he wants to get out of the armor, he needs his mask nearby. Right. Okay, cool. Just double checking. I, I, like I, mean, I said, it's I'm... possible that somehow the skin to skin, mask to skin contact in the in the wrist meant he had full flash mercury powers as well. But I wondered. I don't think that... it's strictly implied that's the case. That's what I wondered. I didn't know if it was in his gauntlet for that reason. I mean, he couldn't wear. I mean, it makes sense. He wouldn't be able to wear it under the Overlord mask. So if all it needs to do is be on him some way, sticking it in the glove would probably be a good way to do it. But that maybe just be overthinking things. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was really just confused. I like Dragon's reaction of like just when he when the reveal is there, and he's just like, "Hmm, okay, I have no idea who that is," <laughs> and then he just kind of like. <laughs> In any case, I'm back. You know, he's like, no attempt to kind of secure him to make sure he doesn't get back up or like, you know. They just knock him back down. Yeah, he just kind of like, <laughs> all right, he's laying there over there. I'm going to go, you know, catch up with my kids. <laughs> I think that this whole Flash Mercury thing is going to go. It's got to go somewhere else because even right there, Malcolm's kind of like questioning it. 
He's like, you know, why would he do it? It doesn't make sense. Plus, he kind of likes Flash, right? Yeah. Well, actually, the whole thing ever. I mean, sorry, I'm getting garbled, but um, one thing that's been bugging me lately is that Flash Mercury hasn't been in the book, quote unquote, but he's been in the book the whole time because I kind of thought him and Malcolm would be like buddies. Yeah. Like you become a, you know, even if they don't like fight crime together, they at least you know hang out sometimes. And it was kind of weird to me that after the Dragon War story, Flash Mercury basically vanishes. But now, of course, this explains why he's been missing. See, mm-hmm. but- I I think this book would have been better served with Flash Mercury filling in the Daredevil role. And That's not a bad thought. I, I think that you know it would have developed his character more. The only thing I don't like about Flash Mercury being Overlord is that I don't feel like his character was still developed for me to really be like, oh my god, you know, like <laughs> the reveal was like Vic Nixon on the police force. Vic Nixon was just kind of this goofy kind of cop guy who was always around, and you understood more who he is. You don't, you know, uh, there really only are like a handful of appearances for Flash Mercury. I mean, and, and the guy starts out as kind of a goof. I mean, Flash Mercury yeah, originally was a version of Dragon that Eric created as a, as a as a kid or a teen or something, and he was created basically as a creator joke because all of the creator's creations are jokes. Mm-hmm. Right. And, right. And so, but he survives that encounter, and so he just happens to keep turning up, and then he comes, you know, along in Dragon War because he's one of the quote unquote dragons. Right. But yeah, but that's I mean, really everything about him. Like I said, I, I think it would have been served better if he was kind of in that Daredevil role where he kind of appeared every once in a while and we kind of, we, we you know, I don't know, got to like the character more. You know what I mean? Got to understand him more and, and it would have made more of an impact to me. But that, That's why I kind of hope that, I mean, just to jump ahead a little bit, almost immediately after Dragon's return, he gets uh, arrested by Captain Stewart. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to jail, but so is Flash Mercury. So my hope is that Flash Mercury and Dragon being in jail together matters, and that we get more Flash Mercury as a character in that setting. Right, right. Well, we don't, we don't know if they're going to jail yet. I'm just speculating that there's well, a, there's an the, option there for Flash Mercury to still be around his character. The trial is up next, right? Is that next? I think that's next. I think that cover that looks like a yep. courtroom sketch is next. Yep. Savage Dragon on trial. So, yeah, that's definitely, uh, I'd say Dragon's definitely going to do some time. It's safe to assume Flash is going to do some time. So, yeah, it's pretty, they might, you know, get a little bit closer there. He can explain his motives or something. Yeah. I'm kind of curious what uh what grounds are arresting Dragon on. It's got to be uh, the Kerr things, right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, definitely. you think so. But maybe it's outstanding parking tickets. <laughs> He's been gone a while. It's a There's a news. library book. Uh, I think for the sake of time, maybe we should move on to the Vanguard. Good plan. Yes, sir. So we get into Vanguard. We're back to the Vanguard backup after last month's break with the uh, original reprint of the first appearance. Um, so we pick back up with um, Vanguard is at the powerhouse with uh, – Ethrian. Right. And they're trying to figure out what's going on with Modem, who appears to be uh, confused. I believe. Did she mention last episode that she seemed to have Wally's memories? No, I don't think so. Oh, no. It's the other way way around, right? They, they, Heath, Vanguard thought 
they had found Wally, but he gets there and he finds out it's Modem. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. All right, so we get a quick flashback to the last moments of Wally on the uh, alien ship. Um, he's actually betraying them. He's going to blow up their ship with them all in it. But Modem shows up at the last minute and grabs him, and I presume downloads his memories into herself, of which okay. point she teleports down somewhere and gets picked up by the powerhouse crew. Yep. I think that's what it's conveying. We find out that it's actually Wally, right, and Modem's... In her body? Yeah. Or they're, or they're like, mixed they together in her body. something. Oh, that's right. Okay, on the very next page, uh, Vanguard asks Modem if she's alright, and she says, are you nuts? I'm Wally. Or am I? <laughs> uh, so Vanguard is concerned because if she's Wally, where's Modem? Just in time for one of the uh, alien ships to appear and appear to be attacking, but See, that's the thing. This gets this particular episode is a little bit unclear. I think it's really trying to do a little bit too much at once. But I believe yeah, I what we're supposed to take from it is the uh, modem's consciousness is in the ship. And so by interfacing with the ship, they switch their minds back. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's the way I take it. And so modem's back in her body and an all-new, all-different Wally. Who is part octopus? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I don't think that's the greatest design. I don't know. Maybe I'm just so used to the old Wally. I think that's what it is. I love Wally's classic design. Yeah, it's hard to beat that design. Wally now looks like one of those like old Mac monitors with tentacles. He <laughs> like a skull ship, like a little baby skull ship. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's what they're going for. He basically appears to have reconstructed himself from skull ship technology. I guess the cool thing now is he's got, like, appendages, and he can, like, pick things up. He can manipulate. He's not just a floating head. I was really kind of grossed out by the, the ship laying eggs. That kind of grossed me out. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty creepy, but it does explain how quickly these small ships uh, were able to uh, invade the entire planet. Gross. The yeah. tentacles are full of eggs, yeah. <laughs> it's a cool visual, though. It, there's a lot of awesome... It's cool to see all these, like, characters, like Modem and stuff. Just, I don't know, it's, it's awesome to see. These backups have been good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, they, they look great. The uh, the art's been stellar. I like I said, this one particular story beat feels a little bit cramped, but otherwise it's uh, pretty good. I, I agree with you. I, I mean, I've said nothing but great things for this backup um and it's been awesome and even I, I think the art in this issue is spectacular but i think this this one serial this one episode out of the serial kind of tripped up a little bit and seemed like you said was trying to do too much um but it's okay i mean this whole thing has been super spectacular so far so it had a lot to do given yeah. what it had to do i mean i think it did it pretty good <laughs> Pretty darn good, considering. I mean, it'd be hard to do. It'd be hard to cram all that info in so few pages and not have it filled. Yeah, I think. I think given what they had to work with, you know. Yeah. I mean, page page constraints. I mean. 
So you I always guess, want more pages. I guess, <laughs> I guess Roxy has a teleporter device as well, like something similar to Vanguard's. Why? Because it just appears? No, she's holding one when she... Appears. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're right. She's got that in that panel. She must... Yeah. She's the, somewhat in Vanguard-like outfit anyway, so... It's the teleportation nunchucks. You're right. She is wearing a Vanguard suit. She's got that little leg-mounted teleporter and everything. <laughs> kind of yeah, missing, you know, the gauntlets and the helmet, but uh, otherwise it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, it's weird. I didn't notice that. I always notice when a woman is wearing the main character's outfit. That's my ability. <laughs> but she doesn't have, like, the super giant Frank Miller-esque boots. <laughs> the huge rocket boots. So next issue will be the last uh, episode of the Vanguard serial, I believe. Yeah. I think I got that right. Interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the big question in the air now is: Is Vanguard going to go or is he going to stay? He should stay. Yeah, of course he should. Effort. What's he going to do if he goes? I don't know. Go adventuring. Go find <laughs> his lost people. He's got to be. One or two of those guys somewhere else. <laughs> I liked it. I've liked these backups. I've liked them a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's kind of sad that it's wrapping up. I hope something as good takes its place. Right, well, there's that, and I do hope it gets collected at some point because I'd like to own it as a standalone story to give it another reread. Yep. Yeah. Just rip them out of your back back of the issue. <laughs> Tape, scotch tape them together. Problem solved. So, that's Savage Dragon 183. Pretty good issue. A lot of stuff looking forward to looking forward to going forward. I mean, Dragon's back. He's uh, going on trial. We've got a mystery guy back from the dead, which never happens. Never happens. Never really doesn't happen that much <laughs> so, it's kind of a special thing a little bit i mean there's still stuff going on with the church of dragon so yeah all kinds of subplots cooking that's the way we like our savage dragon book exactly with lots of subplots yeah keep those threads going needs to look like cat's cradle <laughs> all those threads it's like an old man joke. No one gets that. I got it. I got it. <laughs> so uh, next episode, I don't think we've entirely decided what we're going to be doing. Uh, presumably, uh, Savage Dragon 184 should be coming out sometime in the future. Supreme should be coming out, too. 67 yeah. should be in a couple weeks. Yep. Supreme 67, I believe, is finished. And Extremely so excited. More than likely, we'll probably do an episode to review that. Probably before the next issue of Savage Dragon comes out. Uh, but we'll just go over uh, what the next issues are going to be. Uh, for Savage Dragon 184, the solicitation copy reads, The Trial of Savage Dragon. When he was Emperor Kerr, Savage Dragon came close to destroying the world. Now his past deeds come back to haunt him as the Savage Dragon is brought up on charges. This is the This is the one battle he may not win. Savage Dragon is on trial and things may never be the same. Comes with our highest possible recommendation. And that's that's what the cover is uh, 
dragon staring at his shadow. It's very stylized. It says Savage Dragon on Trial. It's a cool cover. I mean, there's not much happening on it, but it gets right. the point across. I love it. I think it's you know got a really instantly like I unique look compared to everything else. So it's cool. Reminds me of like those like spaghetti western posters or something like that. Yeah. 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 With like the long shadow trails and other stylistic things like that. Yeah, the weird font. Like it's always good whenever you can play with like uh, you know the logo or even some kind of logo and then like have it be in there in some visual way. Eisner style. It's always cool. That's always going to be a winner. Yep. Great. All right. Uh, Supreme 67. Supreme Madness. From the pages of Invincible comes the most requested Supreme opponent of all time. Enter Omni-Man. Supreme is out of control. Supreme is at death's door. And Ethan Crane is in a bad way. Can even Omni-Man hope to save the day? I want to say we may have said that like three (laughs) times in the past. as, As I'm reading this. I'm realizing I think I've we've read this at least three times now, but it's coming out this time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next it really, episode. <laughs> it really does look like it's all things point to it coming out in a couple of weeks. Um, both Corey and Eric have announced that, which we had talked about in our news segment previously. So um, it's been pure hell. Yeah. Can I say? I've been so looking forward to this. The minute Supreme got announced, I knew this was coming. And so the minute they like announced it, I was like, and then (laughs) that exact noise. And then you you turned into Stimpy. Yes. Fists (laughs) clenched and shaking. I'm so excited. And yeah, it's been torture. It's been Chinese water torture. But finally, finally, My so, yeah. expectations can't be higher. So yeah, we got that look to look forward to next time. Um, we're going to be trying something a little bit different here on the FinCast going forward. Um, you may have noticed we did not babble on incessantly for hours at the time before we got to the issue review this episode. Um, we just babbled on afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> the plan now is that for, uh, we're going to, uh, if you want to stay and listen to three guys, just three or more guys or just some guys just chat about whatever uh, stick around after the uh, outro music plays and uh, maybe you might learn something or you might not or you, you might, might forget unlearn you might a forget. bunch of idiots unlearn <laughs> you'll forget things so uh, this has been uh, Savage Fincast episode uh, 13 I don't know Season two. <laughs> Real world. <laughs> the Savage Fincast is a part of the Gutter Trash Network and the Image Addiction family of podcasts. It can be found at either fincast.guttertrash.net or imageaddiction.net. Let's not let it take this all night. So, guys, uh, read any good comics lately? Why don't you take it away, someone?
someone. Did you? I don't know. This year has been a really. 2012 has been just a really amazing year for comics, in my opinion. It sure has. Yeah. I have been absolutely floored by all the new books that have come out and have wowed me. Stuff like Saga, which Saga is an interesting case because I'm not a, a Brian K. Vaughn fan. Uh, Why the Last Man, I'm not a fan of. Ex Machina bored me after a while. Mm-hmm. I'm very, I don't know, it, they, people rave about Why the Last Man, like it's the second coming, but I got about 20 issues in and I said, ugh. I liked it. I, 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 I was bought safe, the whole safe word arc killed it for me. Trades. I bought all the trades for it. I don't. It was been a while, so I don't recall a lot of it, but I remember enjoying it. I'm. I haven't read it yet. I want to, but I just haven't. Money. But, but Saga is just hitting on all cylinders. I like all the characters, and I like where the story's going. And yeah, I, I like agree. the art. <laughs> yeah, Fiona Fiona Staples is. A, really good artist i mean her backgrounds her backgrounds are very sparse but what she does draw is like you said beautiful yeah i think key too with that is that the issues have been coming out regularly i mean they took a little break to get the trade out and catch up but but yeah they're back on but nothing turns me off more than like a book that just can't handle a schedule and they've been doing you know as long as you plan those breaks it's not really breaking schedule I tell you, between that, Manhattan Projects has been awesome. Manhattan Projects, definitely on my list of best new comics of this year. All of the extreme books have been coming out pretty much, like Profit and Glory. Oh, yeah. Profit is definitely a book. Yeah. (laughs) Glory was just like flips me out. That put Ross Campbell and uh, Joe Keating. I, I know Joe's been doing stuff a long time. And I know I've read his stuff before that, but I don't know. Just Glory is just clicking with me. But he really hadn't been doing anything like crazy. He knew little projects here and there. This like Glory was really his first full out ongoing book. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure it is. It's blowing up. I mean, just both of them. I'm like, holy crap! Like, I want to go find other things they've done because I like that one book so much. You know yeah. that it's ending too, like shortly. Are you serious? What glory? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Why must everything good die? And like, I don't know. In like four, because I'm interested in it. I think he's ending his run after twelve issues, and glory's just going away. I don't. I think the sales, the sales aren't there. Like Eric was saying, like. uh his other book is selling way more. What's his the other book's name that he was working on? Oh hell yeah! Yeah, and are you I, serious? Yeah, selling way more. And remember in the last episode, Eric was like, "Well, it's probably because it's tied in with like Rob Liefeld, and you know people have exactly. bad taste in their mouth." Which is shocking because to me, hell yeah would be a marginal book. Yeah, know, because the creators and, are unknown. It doesn't have any previous history, so why would it sell less well, than a book that has history and recognition? Well, that's what Eric was saying. If Glory was like you know, a book by Joe that, you know, the character by Joe Keating, a brand new thing, it would be selling so much better. But I think cause it's tied in with what, whatever reason. I mean, I think we know some of them. Comic people. readers are so fickle. I'm so, going to yeah. go ahead and be mean and say, heck yeah. But I think really I dropped it. You really? Know? Well, I, I read the first issue and didn't keep getting it. Although I still intend to go back. Yeah. I've, that was I've me. held on, but I, I could see myself dropping it. It hasn't really, it's not one of the books that I rushed to like open up. 
And Not like glory. Pretty much now for how expensive comics are, book really has to click with me or I get to yeah. drop it. Yeah, that's kind of true with me too. Uh, I, I gave Mind Management a try, uh, The Massive from Brian Wood. Massive Both I the, found so boring. It, it's, it doesn't have any sense of urgency to it. It's just It has great ideas and it has good setup, but he just keeps – not going anywhere. I tried it. to like it. I bought three issues, the first three issues. I bought five, and I'm done. Yeah, I just – there's just too many other to... good things out there right now. Brian Wood is a guy that I really want to like because yeah. I – but everything I read of his, it starts out good. He's got good ideas, but then suddenly something happens where I just lose interest. It happened on DMZ. Uh, it happened on Local. Uh, it's, hap- it, it's happened on – the massive. I really, really hope his Star Wars series is good. Yeah. But that's Star Wars, so hopefully it'll be a different kettlefish than what he usually does. Right. Oh, and Conan. I gave Conan a shot, and I, it wasn't for me there either. So now that I think about it, Conan's kind of an action adventure series. So if that couldn't handle it, why do I think Star Wars will? I uh, I know it's more recent, but uh, I read multiple Warheads. Yep. Alphabets to Infinity. That is, I like that. You read yeah. issue two, right? I got it. I just haven't read it yet. Oh, okay. When did issue two come out? Uh, last week. Are you kidding me? Yep. Oh, yeah, I shop, shop, shop shorted you. I guess, but I didn't even see it on the stands, and they usually are pretty good about buying that. I'll have to get my hands on it. Uh, yeah, it came out last week. Profit. Damn it. It had, it had a weird white cover with like mostly red line art. Yeah, I know yeah. what the cover it's, looks it, like. It's supposed to. It, it looks like a um, Chinese takeout menu. Yeah, you just might not have noticed it God if you damn. were looking for anything sort of similar to the yeah. original. Because I like that, and I liked King City. I just like his style. There's nothing else like it. You That's know what disappointed it. me about this series, though? It's not Golden Age size like King City was. <laughs> I, th- I was really thinking it was going to be the same thing. So it doesn't fit in any long box that you have. and I love those gold. <laughs> I just really, I, I dig it. I was reading it and I was like, all right, man. Yeah, this is something that makes me just as excited as when Glory relaunched. I was like, oh, yeah, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Brandon Graham is a writer I can get behind from everything he's ever done. Yeah, definitely. Did you uh did you guys pick up Nowhere Men number one? I did not. Sweet. I unfortunately didn't. That's... I believe I had it pre ordered, but it didn't show up in my file, and so I decided to pretend I didn't order it. That's Eric <laughs> Stevenson <laughs> with uh I really, really like Nate Bellagardi. Oh, you know oh, what? I think that was awesome. the reason why I wanted it in the first place, so I might have to go back and pick it up. It's uh it's not is a lot of talking heads in this issue, but there is some like splash pages that are cool. I think it's going to build up into something really cool, though. Like, the design of it is pretty neat. It's got that kind of thing going on, like, uh, um, uh, what was I just talking about, the the Hickman book? Uh, Manhattan, uh, Manhattan, Manhattan Project. Project. Yeah, it's kind of got that kind of design, kind of stylistic okay. thing going on with it, with really good, really, really good art and really no, cool, that. high concepts. It's about, like, a collective of these, like, Big brain scientist guys. So it seems Nate like... Bilgard is awesome, though. Yeah. He is. I mean, I haven't seen much of his work, but when he took over for Brit, he really made that book shine. He did. He definitely took that book from 
mediocrity to awesomeness to the point where I still have physical pain that it's not an ongoing. Yeah, yeah. He, he did the Rexplode uh, Adam yep, Eve. Yep. Um, that was great. You ever look at his his uh, blog? Love it. You know, I think he was the first one to come up with that design for Cyclops with like the the little X kind of visor. Oh, that new one? Yeah, because he, about a year ago, he redesigned on his own, just like, oh, I'm going to redesign the X-Men. And he came up with that kind of visor, and then lo and behold, like... Marvel stole it. Oh, I don't know if they stole it. (laughs) Faceless Corporation. But, you know, it showed up, you know. I thought it was a little strange. (laughs) But his blog, he, he used to do one of those, I don't know if he still does it, like a drawing a day type things, and... His stuff. I missed that. You know what? I don't think I have his blog in my uh, RSS reader, so I'll have to go. If you Google, it. it's a uh, Bletch Scog. Black uh, Scrag or something? Is it? What is it? It's B L E C H S C O G. Yeah, Bletch. Or S K O G. It's like sketch blog messed up. But if you Google Bletch Scog, oh no, I'm sorry, it's B L E T C H S K O G. But yeah, if you if you Google that, you'll find it, and it's. It's awesome. It's really good. Bletch Scott. Yeah, he's, he's got a style I've always liked. If I remember correctly, he did all these backups in Invincible back in the early days that I always dug. And the, uh, what was that series, uh, Hector Plasm? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's all good stuff. Yep. Well, if he's drawing that new book nowhere, man, I'm on it. Yeah, I think i got to reevaluate my ignoring that. i got to go grab that now. You know, it's got Eric Stevenson's name on it. It's I gotta bet be you. Good. I, I bet you after this Nowhere Men book comes out and people start recognizing him more, he's going to be a Marvel book soon. I hope not, but he definitely – like he must like those characters because, like you said, he draws them for his sketch blog. Like DC and Marvel, yeah. they're all up in his sketch blog. He's got – he takes requests for like sketch-a-days. That's neat. Yep, I'm going to have to add this. All right. <laughs> So, um, any books in particular you guys are excited about coming up next year? I mean, 2012 is going to be hard to top, but 2013, sky's the limit. I'm kind are of... we going to still be alive? Well, <laughs> that's right. we got to get past the 21st first. I'm kind of excited I for, uh, I don't know if you guys got this, but when, uh, and I, I think I butcher his name every freaking time, but Michelle Fife or whatever, his Copra, Copra book. Oh, yeah. Did you get? Did any of you guys pick that up, or? I did not. I, 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 I saw a preview for it, and I was somewhat interested, but I, I uh, follow up. It's really interesting, and he's going to try to do this monthly. And I think if that's the case, the new one should be coming out soon. But it's pretty fun. I mean, it's not put out. It's put out self-published, but it's not amateur at all. I, it's it's kind of like uh, looks like an indie type book mixed with like big time superhero fun you know it's like if you i was blown away by like the previews he had yeah i just you know terrible timing like in my life like i just you right. know i lost my job and everything so i cut back like on everything yeah but i've been there i lost my job once I had to cut all my comics oh, yeah i'm down to like dragon and invincible and walking dead so it's kind I of I was, I was beyond that i think i had to cancel dragon too oh man I, I managed to fill it back in but uh <laughs> Well, I think, you know, I'm sure he'll have it's rough. stuff, you know, at some point you can go back and get it. But he said he's going to try to do it monthly. And, you know, 
I, I like it. It's it's a it's a sturdy little book, and it's his character designs are pretty damn awesome. And it's, it's what's it called again? Copra, Copra, C O P R A. He has an awesome yeah. sense of design. He does, and you can see uh, he's got his blog. It's michellefife.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-F-I-F-F-E.com. And he's got, like, previews for it there and everything like that. But um, it's just neat stuff, and I can't wait to see where he takes it. And if you read his blog, his blog is really interesting. He is, like, he is so into comics. He's, like, one of the biggest comic nerds. Like, just not in terms of being, like, kind of like whatever like he's a nerd in the type of like he wants to learn every aspect about making comics yeah and you read his his like uh his little articles on his blog and it's it's just really really interesting stuff like he's just you can tell this guy just eats sleeps and thinks comics you can tell just if you ever even read like um, what was the previous – I did buy the previous thing that he was promoting and I love it. Uh, what was it? Oh, I, uh, I know what you're talking about. Zagus. Zagus. Now, I yeah. did get Zagus 1 and 2 and when I got them, I was like you know, reading through them you know, and I was just blown away because here is a person who absolutely appreciates like a layout. Yeah. And I know that sounds funny, but if you ever read any of his uh, comics, you know that th- there's a difference between this and, like, what you get out of your corporate comic. Like, you know, keep it on a grid, yeah. go for clarity, make it make it to where, Jim, I'm going to attack you. <laughs> I mean, but, like, iPad comics and stuff, what works best for them is not funky layouts. Really? Well, I have to disagree with that. I mean, if you're talking two-page spreads, maybe. But single pages, you can do whatever you want. And they can on any other page. You just you don't think that, like, really, I don't know, like, I, Zagus. Like, if you had a comic like Zagus where it's really heavy into creative layouts and... I don't know Zagus, so I don't know how reliant it is on double-page spreads. And even, even if it was reliant on double-page spreads, you just turn the thing sideways. And then you can still see everything. I mean, it, it's a little bit smaller than it probably should be, but it's still all visible. I mean, I I believe that any I believe that on that yes, if you're working for one medium, it may not necessarily translate to another. But I think in this particular case for comics, anyway, other than the small screen size, everything translates. You don't think that a lot of up and down the page stuff is not as good? No, I I don't see that as being a problem at all. I mean, you're still looking as as long as you got a screen in portrait mm-hmm. that shows a you know the full page, and you don't gotta like zoom up and down or scroll, which breaks the flow, then it's identical. All right. At least so, that's my opinion on the matter. It's, it's the up and down. I don't I don't mind the left. Right. Or you right. can't read it on a computer screen that is landscape mm-hmm. that horizontal because it cuts like half the page off and it kills your eye flow, which with comics is very important, which is why I've never – I've always wanted to read comics digitally, but reading it on a computer screen does not work. Right. Because of the whole scrolling and zooming aspect. And it doesn't work on a, it doesn't work on a phone, a smartphone, because of the zooming. But it does work on an iPad. I have learned that very well in the last month. 
Well, that's good. That's good. I, I think a lot of artists uh, stray away from uh, creative layouts because they're trying to, you know, accommodate a lot of, or they're just trying to stay more. I disagree. Uniform. I think non-creative layouts is just the process of deadlines. You think it's just laziness? <laughs> it's not. It's not laziness. It's deadlines. Yeah, especially for like Marvel or DC or any work for hire gig, you're hired to draw a script. Mm-hmm. And I also think that scripts, uh, the writer side of it, has a lot to do with it too, because writers may not be thinking in 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 a specific layout unless they spell it out, and the artist isn't really going to interpret it. It is true. He he draws his own. I mean, he's the uh, writer artist. So writer writer artists seem to have a better grasp of unique layouts because they're the ones plotting it and desi- and and laying it out as well. I guess so. It makes sense that they they play around with the format more. I feel. I guess that's what I'm really getting at is that this the 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 sequential art I saw from him on just those two books. Mm. I was, was like, book, what was the book called? Zick? Zegas, like Vegas with a Z. Zegas with a Z. Right. Uh, is not available on iPad, so I'll have to look into it. We'll have to get him on it, Craig. Tell Yeah, him. definitely. Yeah, just just to clarify for those listening at home, I got an iPad three weeks ago, and it has pretty much revolutionized my comic reading experience. It's about everything I ever hoped for. I bought an iPad specifically for reading comics, which might be a little bit narrow usage, Granted, I still use it for other things, but I've been wanting to switch over to digital for ages. But like I would just mentioned, reading comics that are designed in portrait on a landscape-shaped screen, it just does not work, or at least not very well. And there's that whole aspect of you got to sit in front of the computer. At least with the iPad, it's almost like it's basically like holding a book in your hand. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say they don't want to do, switch because they want the sensation of holding a book in their hand. Which I've always felt is a fallacy anyway. But right. if you want something, an iPad is just something you hold in your hand. So it's really no different than a book. Yeah. But anyway, it's just, it's so nice to just be able to buy whatever comics I want at the pace I want. Yeah. And having them all available without having to worry about ordering online or ordering in a catalog or it's a- all that other malarkey that makes our, our uh, particular. Uh, fandom so 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 wonderful <laughs> tell you the cool thing i don't have an ipad but i have an iphone and i was uh i traveled to my parents house i live in philadelphia my parents live up in massachusetts so i missed comic book day which was the wednesdays i was traveling on the road the cool thing was i didn't lose out on my savage dragon fix because i just spent you know Three ninety nine, or whatever, and just downloaded it on my iPhone because I couldn't wait to read it. And were you were you satisfied with the reading experience? No, I mean, I, 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 it's an iPhone, so it's small, you right. know. But <laughs> I was satisfied in the fact that I didn't have to wait because I couldn't wait. I didn't talk about it on the internet, huh? <laughs> you were you you were able to talk about it on the internet? Yeah, no, I mean, I was just <laughs> able to download it, and you know, I, the iPhone has the you know the, with the Comixology smart. has that like smart panel technology, yeah. So it wasn't ideal, but I could still, you know, read it same day and not have to wait till I got back home and go to my comic shop or whatever, or go find a comic yeah. shop and buy it. I was like instantaneous gratification. <laughs> Whether that's good that's or not, cool. I don't know, but you know, it was cool. 
I've had an iPod Touch for about three years now, which is pretty much identical to an iPhone. And for a while there, I was really trying to make a go of it reading comics on it. And it just isn't an all-the-time thing. It just it, it, it's, it's that format between media thing. It just doesn't translate well. Yeah. Unless you're reading something like Watchmen, where everything is like a, a, a screen-sized panel. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. It has to be there, – there's some comics out there that are – the panels are the same size as the screen in a rigid grid, and that works. But most comics aren't. They have they're much more open. That whole widescreen style. No, it just it just I just wound up sticking with print out of. Um, it all comes down to experiencing the the medium as it's intended to be presented by the artist, I guess. And my feeling always has been that you got to be able to see the whole the whole page at once. I agree. I totally agree. But what you don't necessarily need to be able to see is the second page that you're going to glance over and spoil <laughs> that you find in a printed book. Like you're reading one side and you glance over and all of a sudden it's spoiled because you, you saw something you weren't supposed to. That experience is gone with digital. You don't have to you don't have to worry about that. Every page a left page, huh? Every page a left page, yeah. It's <laughs> a good way of phrasing it. Um I I I, I just I'll say that is definitely a strength. I did a little bit of uh, I. We had an iPad and we like got rid of it, but like uh, uh, I definitely agree that when you don't have the wandering eye problem, right? That's an improvement. Um, yeah, it's just I've been trying all kinds of stuff. I even ever since I got it, I picked up like two or three new ongoing series that I'm reading. I'm reading a Think Tank from uh, Top Cow, which is really good. It's a, it's another good sci-fi comic. If you like Manhattan Projects, it's actually I'm not going to say it's similar to that at all, but it's got similar heady concepts in it. Right. I'm, I'm also reading Sonic the Hedgehog because <laughs> oh, oh, that's another long-running comic that we didn't get to. That's like issue 240 something. What? That comic has been going for like 25 years. You know Sonic's about to fight Mega Man in Archie Comics, right? I, I, I'm yeah. getting prepped for that. Mega Man is an awesome comic. Sonic the Hedgehog and Mega Man <laughs> from Archie are probably the two best all-ages comics currently being published right now. I like and I say all-ages and not kids because I get a lot out of it. They're very smartly written. Uh, they're written by a guy named um, Ian Fleming. He's just, he's just a really good writer. Characters all have depth. The action is intense, and but it's not violent. You know, Mark Millar. Violent. There's lots of explosions. I guess Miller, Mark Miller, like of Kick Ass and like whatever. He uh, he had a Sonic the Hedgehog run. I really might be right. That's weird. Maybe it says it paid for his honeymoon. Didn't really? didn't Savage Dragon appear in Sonic the Hedgehog for one issue? Oh gee, I Are don't you know. Serious? Yeah. Paul Gavin. Uh, Jim Valentino drew it. With like a bunch of the image guy like characters for one issue. That's awesome. I don't remember what issue. Archie Super Probably. Special number seven. Is that what it is? May oh he's on the cover. Yep. Sonic Super Special number seven came out in nineteen ninety eight. <laughs> it had the Max Spawn, Shadowhawk. That's funny. It came out that late. Track 98? That down. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, Sonic's got like a whole bunch of spin-offs, annuals. It does the whole shebang. It's very it's I think I believe it's Archie's highest selling title. I can yeah, I believe that because uh, it was a big deal when they got Mega Man. They do really well with their like video game comics. They have got to get a Super Mario comic. 
I would buy the hell out I of that. I would buy that every day. Every goddamn day. <laughs> every then we could have our Mega Man Sonic day. Mario crossover. Oh, man. That's like fan fiction there. Yeah, yeah. So Sonic's. Uh, I'll talk about Sonic. I just it's it's just so convenient. I can just try all kinds of stuff. There's like all these new uh, digital first books. Let me I, let me ask you this because yes, like now that you get an iPad, I, I'm like hell yeah. You have you gotten more into web comics? Because I really enjoyed web comics a lot I, more through the iPad. Um, I you know what? I haven't been reading any web comics on my iPad. I am pretty much. Um, I'm a big fan of web comics. My RSS reader is full of them. I, I read them diligently. I've been reading them diligently for over ten years, ever since I really got a computer. Um, You're gonna I've like never had better. a problem. Re- I've never had a problem reading them on a, on a computer screen because most of the time they're formatted properly. There's a lot they're of formatted. long format, like a lot of long format web comics out there that like are more like print media. Yeah. And you may like them okay on a computer screen. You will like them better. On your iPad. You might be right. I should probably start reading Dr. McNinja and Axe Cop on my iPad. You will love anything that's got a uh, layout more like a traditional page. is so much better on an iPad. Troubles, I don't read very many books that are formatted like – very many web comics that are formatted like that. There most are. of them, most of them these days, they've they've taken into the 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 widescreen aspect ratio of the computer screen to account, and they produce widescreen comics. Like uh, still some out. Battle Pug and uh, other ones I'm blanking on. <laughs> and then, of course, you got all the ones that are styled like uh, newspaper comic strips, and they've always fit fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Strips are no big deal. Yours probably would look better on an iPad screen, it, so I should probably link that. It does. <laughs> I, I used to I get I, my mitts on a PDF copy of it. I'd probably just read it. I was like, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. It's it's much better on a um it's much better on an iPad. You'll you'll like it a lot better. Yeah, I think yours is one of the ones I have to scroll up and down on sometimes. So, yeah, I have no Flow mercy. breaking. I have no mercy for like I'm just like you know I made no bones. I'm like I want this to be in print. Print is like where I want it to be. You can print in wide. <laughs> I, I guess you know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's funny. It's one of those things. Like I said, I just. Uh, you kind of got to start doing it, though, so it's a little late in your run to switch over. Exactly. It would just have to change for, like, every single page. It would be weird at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think we've chatted long enough, so let's wrap this up. Let, the, let it go. So um, anything else? No. I'm good. <laughs> well, next time. Talk about some other things. When Jim oh, will have the iPad you know 4. I think Craig was the only one who actually said anything he was excited about next year. <laughs> Raven, is there anything that you... I know I know you probably won't be buying comics for a little while, but anything oh. that's caught your eye recently? I, I Like I said, I'm most enamored with this Multiple Warheads. There's a uh, mini-comic. I know this is just the weirdest thing in the world, but that's okay. Raven will help you out. If you Google Kool-Aid Gets Fired... <laughs> okay. Yep. Random. Yep, Google that. Kool Aid gets fired. It's a mini comic. And like I said, my uh, comic store back in North Carolina was so glorious, and they really, the guy really worked hard to have a lot of diverse things. This is a mini comic called uh, Kool Aid Gets Fired, and um, I just bought it, and it's tiny, like, but 
I didn't get a chance to read it until recently. And this thing is freaking solid gold. For one, the production values on it, like this is no amateurish thing. Like this guy is really talented. Yeah. And it's 28-page story has a great visual style, but then you get to the end of that, and then it's Son of Kool-Aid. And that is done in this really lavish, like, Golden Books art style. <laughs> this thing cost me, like, two bucks, and it is one of the coolest things I read in 2012. So yeah. I know it's not a shot at the future, but you know what? Right. You Google Kool-Aid Gets Fired, you get your yeah, hands pure, on this. Appears to be six bucks and currently out of stock. Oh, Glorious. This is great. Get it if you can. It is fantastic. <laughs> it looks yeah. kind of funny. It's funny. It's funny and it's, it's kind of sad. Well, here's, a, here's a little preview of the Golden Book style. That's uh, that's cool. Yeah. I know that's not the future. I'm sorry. I'm dodging a question. Two, yeah. 2013. Well, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you what I'm hyped about, and it's the same thing I'm always hyped about. 2000 AD. <laughs> The uh, next week, uh, the big hundred-page jumping on Prague for next year comes out, Prague uh, 2013, mm-hmm. and uh, it's got a whole slate of stuff I'm super stoked about. And I, uh, oh yeah, there's um, new Strodium Dog, more Savage. I mean, I'm rattling off names that have no context, but <laughs> it's just, it's just. Just you get a hundred pages of comics for like ten bucks for a print copy or like five bucks for a digital. It's less in the UK, but them's the breaks. But uh, it's just there's just so many great things going on in 2000 AD right now. 2012 was an amazing year for for the book. I mean, there was a again just there's just so many strips in the book that I could rattle them off for days and. I would not get to the end. Oh, I could get to the end. I mean, there's a finite number in any given year. But uh, <laughs> but uh, last year there was like two great Judge Dredd epics. Judge Dredd being the, 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 the headline of the entire series is, if you like sci-fi action, Judge Dredd's your man. Did either of you guys see Dredd 3D? Yeah, I loved it. I wanted to so bad. Yeah. I made it an effort to go see it because I knew it wasn't going to last in theaters, and I really, really liked it. That was a good movie. I thought it just remind me of like a John Carpenter like '80s flick is what it was. I mean, it reminded me right. of like movies in the vein of like They Live or something like that. That's, just that's great praise. Like, I mean, it doesn't have the comedy of like They Live, but like even like the sounds of you know like the soundtrack of the movie had that kind of like like synthesized sound. It just had that feel of like. You knew it wasn't a huge budget movie, but you were okay with that. It just was like right. a good action movie, and that's all it was trying to be. Yeah. Well, Judge Dredd in general is really good right now, and it's starting to get some love in the States. Uh, IDW's got a series, although I, my opinion of the first issue wasn't great, but uh, I, I'm biased. But but the, actual, but the actual stuff from the UK coming out in 2008 is just nothing short of exceptional this year. Um, and there was... Next year's looking really good in terms of the lineup for the start of the year. And then the mid in the middle of the year when they do another uh, big jumping on point, there's a whole other slate of books that are just as good. I don't know if either of you guys ever heard of Zombo. No. I have. No. 
You've heard of Zombo? Yep. There's a new Zombo series starting the next May, I think. You're March. so funny. The way you like all those weird, like, UK, like... <laughs> you're like the way... You're like a manga fan, only for the UK. Pretty much, <laughs> actually. That's I've been comparing myself to that for a very long time, actually. Like <laughs> my obsession with UK comics borderlines on the insane, and is pretty much makes me the British otaku. <laughs> That's it. What would even be the equivalent? There's no word for it. There's, how's it feel to say there's no label for you? Yeah. <laughs> I wish other people were as hyped about it as me. Of course, the main problem is manga has better distribution in the United States than 2080s does. You're still stuck importing it, which is a major reason why I got the iPad, actually, is because now I can read 2080 digitally at a huge discount, which will save me all kinds of money in the long run. Because it's like, you got to understand... It's a weekly comic, so there's 50 issues a year, all right? And they're all $5.25 a piece. It, it costs a small fortune to collect it. It's the Shonen Jump problem. Yeah. I loved Shonen Jump and – Wasn't that weekly. like an $8 book? Yeah, or like monthly. That was monthly. I'm sorry. I meant to compare it to like Raijin. Raijin came out weekly in the States. Okay. And like people just couldn't comprehend it. It only ran like 47 or 51 issues. There was a weekly manga anthology? And it was glorious. Must have been mid-90s. Um, I want to say it was early 2000s. Or maybe, because here's the thing, is that I didn't really get to a comic store until yeah. like after I graduated high school. Yeah. And could, you know, had a car. Do you read Jump? I don't anymore, but I read a lot of Jump titles in like the collection form. So like Bleach and One Piece. I hate Bleach, but I read yeah. One Piece and Bakuman is actually Shonen Jump and Is it? Yeah. See, I'm not a fan of Shojin as a rule. And I've never been, I've always wanted to read Jump just because of the format. It it inspires me, but the content never has. You know, I don't know. Do you want to know what's amazing though about what they do? So what's weird about them is just like America's superheroes, Jump is like fight comics, and it's still right. the dominant form. Like you, it's, it could be about whatever, but it's all fight comics, right? It's all about the one main character wants to be the best at whatever. At fill in the blank, and then goes on a journey, and then repeats itself a couple hundred more times. And it's just amazing. The thing is, is that it's amazing how much mileage they can get out of that tired formula. Yeah, I mean, I like Dragon Ball, not not Z Dragon Ball. I mean, but and I think, but I think that's about the end of it, my interest in that particular genre. There's so many better ones out there than that. Really? <laughs> yeah. See, I like Akira Toriyama. Have you read Doctor uh, Slump? I had a volume or two. I like it. Brilliant comedy. I love it. Yeah, that's Doctor Slump. As weird that it has Superman and Spock and stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of pop culture references in it, actually. I, I've read the first volume. They're bringing that over in America. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah, and I'm reading it digitally through the Viz Media app. We're listening to you, digital. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the Viz, the, the, having Viz Media, app, well, the Viz Media app has a major flaw in that they don't put out any of their mature titles in digital, uh -huh. which is a major problem considering I read mostly mature Viz Media. Considering the device costs a couple hundred dollars, so it makes sense to cater to a mature audience. It, you know, it's funny. Comixology is the, the premier American comics app. They have no problem putting out violent, crass stuff. They, they have none. I, I, I sent feedback to the Viz people about why they don't have any of their mature stuff up on the app. And it turns out it's because Apple hasn't approved them to do so. So I'm wondering what that double standard is going on. Apple is weird. They, are, they have really weird guidelines. Like one thing will get super censored. And then the other time, it's like they have no... 
nobody at the wheel at all. Like, um, there's a video game called uh, Cannonball where eh, it doesn't matter. All you need to know is that the actual creator of the game was selling his game and then found out that somebody had just uploaded what they called Cannonball HD. Right. And it had nothing to do with him. He was not affiliated with any way. The game wasn't even HD. It was just somebody else put HD on the end of it and was making money off of, like, his game. How's that happen? Well, it's dirty. Yeah. So it's kind of like Apple's weird because sometimes they're, like, seem super on the ball. Other right. times it's like they have no control at all. It's or probably like nobody doing there's it. so much. It's like trying to, like, you know, it's like we're trying to, like, censor YouTube channels or try to find copyrighted stuff on YouTube. There's probably just so much going in that they don't catch it all. I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, you can well, imagine how much interaction with, like, you know, that they're having with people bringing new product to them or trying to get new product approved. It's like you got to figure some things fall through. Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing I can think. It's like they have a monopoly on all, you know what I mean? Like, it's just amazing. It's easing up, what with the uh, Kindles and stuff being so much cheaper. Right, competition's got to be really stiff right now. My mom loves her Kindle Fire, and I never would have pegged her for somebody to get rid of the, you know, her, uh, you know, affection for paper and stuff. Right. But she has just become such a Kindle Fire color. Like <laughs> Kindle Fire Color, she loves her Kindle and reads the crap out of. Every... I can imagine. I've been reading books on my uh, iPod Touch ever since I got it. I haven't bought a print print uh, prose novel in three years. You're like just... Egon. Print is dead. Yeah, pretty much. Well, <laughs> well, they say print's dead, but really, it's just the stuff you printed on. It's dead. Well, it's dead when it was printed on it. I think Egon was commenting that text, is in writing, is dead. I think he was talking about. You watch the scene, Jim. I'm calling you out, man. You, you go back. You watch. You watch that scene, and like he's talking. I think he even says that he reads his stuff off a computer, and he goes, "Print is dead." Oh, good point. Good point. I haven't seen Ghostbusters in a while. I should probably rewatch that at some point. I keep it on a constant loop in my like Google glasses. It's always on my left eye. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm always watching Ghostbusters, even when I sleep. Google glasses. I forgot about those. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's awesome. Uh, 2000. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I totally was going to ask you, European otaku, how weird is it that Milo Manera is doing, like, Marvel art? Milo Manera is? Oh, you're talking about the guy who did uh, Old City Blues? Uh, no. Who are you talking about? He did. He does a lot of porny I stuff. don't think he's a 2008 alumni. Maybe not, but he definitely was in heavy metal a lot, which is my oh heavy. Well, heavy metal is European. That's my U- European like comic exposure. He's definitely my, French, I think. Yeah, my exposure to European comics is much more limited. Really, I'm only a fan of 2000 AD and oh, various okay. other British uh, things like Jack Staff and Budman and. Okay, it's weird. I le- needless to say, this is a like. I think I guess I'm just to sound like an idiot, but Milo Manera is like. He really does a lot of pornographic stuff, but he's not a. Oh, por- that. Uh, well, there's a lot of porno comics that come out of Europe. Most, most European. Well, I say most, but there's a there's a segment of European comics which is bo- basically soft and hardcore porn. But then so is uh, the manga uh, industry. So he's also a really, really like amazing artist and a great storyteller. So is he the one that teams up with Chris Claremont? 
to like do softcore X Men porn. Yeah, yeah, that's him. That guy, and that okay. is the weirdest thing. Wait, wait, that Chris, is weird. Chris Claremont actually does that on the side. He writes. I don't know about on the side. It's, I mean, it's supposed to be like legitimate Italian. He's Italian. X Men comics. You put your but, finger right on it. He's Italian. Milo Minera is. Yeah, he's Italian. He's an Italian uh, comic artist. So they, he just writes like porno comics on the side. That's hilarious. I don't know its status. I just know that, and they aren't really. Well, again, they're not really porno comics. They're just excuses to draw all the ex ladies <laughs> compromising situations. It's the thing to understand about what he is and like what he is as an artist is like, like yes, you're gonna see some just like dirtiness, but that's not the goal of the comic. Yeah, it's like it's almost like um, Barbarella. Where, like, Barbarella had a point or a story or whatever, but, like, also, too, naughtiness would happen. Yeah. But I'm just I'm just laughing about Chris Claremont. Uh, oh, he's a dirty old man, too. That cracks me up. I didn't realize Milo Minera was so old, but I'm looking at him now, and he looks like uh, Andy Warhol. Oh, God. <laughs> so he's actually got a gig at Marvel? Yeah, it looks like he's got a couple of things. He's doing covers, but it also looks like he's doing interiors. Huh. That's funny. But yeah, that's that's more European. And yeah, the whole heavy metal style. Heavy metal is usually like translated uh, French and uh, uh, Sp- uh, French, Spanish, and Italian comics. Yep. That whole album format painted style. 2000 AD has a little bit of that. Uh, Pat Mills, who you may know, does a lot of uh, Euro style comics like ABC Warriors and Slain. Uh-huh. Yeah, they. Uh, they they generally are some of the better selling stuff because they have wider appeal in Europe. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of his particular works, but I get that it's got a market. <laughs> you can say you don't like it. I won't get mad. What? Don't like what? <laughs> that you don't like his stuff. Why? Well, you know who Pat Mills is? Oh, I thought Milo? you were still talking about Milo Manera. Oh, my, Milo Manera. He's got great art style, but... And, you know, I, I can appreciate a good porno comic, but I don't seek it out. Are you just saying that because we're on the podcast? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but no, actually, no, I, seriously, I, I've read a porno comic a time or two, and sometimes they're actually pretty good, artistically and story-wise. It's amazing, the art, the artistry. That is in the comics, like, naughtiness industry. You're exactly right. You you are shocked sometimes at the the skill that some of these artists have. And you've got to wonder why they're in this particular industry. But you know why they're in this industry? It's because that industry pays. That's it. Milo Manera is like, I really, I guess I didn't know very much about him compared to what I thought I knew. I'm looking at him right now. Holy crap, he's awesome. Brendan Graham got his start as a porno artist. Now I would multiple, read that. Multiple Warheads is an extension of a porno comic that he created. <laughs> awesome. You didn't know that? No. Wow. Yeah, that, that's he talked about that in a few interviews, is that the original Multiple Warheads started out as a kind of a porno comic, as a project he was working on. And he's basically turned it into this uh, bigger thing. Going to have to track that down for uh, research. Research. Ah, <laughs> uh, fellas, I guess, I don't know. Are you feeling finished? I'm done. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. I've got nothing more to say. <laughs> right. I know nothing when it comes to manga, so I'm just like... Rrr. 
or you're Craig, if I lived near you, I'd give you some stuff. 